Yeah, it's kind of like the thing. It's like, oh, no, babe, I still think you're hot. It The vasectomy just threw me off a bit. <laughs> majors the podcast where i business major make my friends almost all english majors read popular fiction with me this month's guest is emma emma and i are both running on not enough sleep so this episode is i think going to be i feel like interesting is maybe the kindest thing we can say about it i think we're gonna say some some crazy things it might be a hating game situation where we're like, okay, scratch this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Emma, we don't have any extra weeks. I'm working 61 hours a week. That's true. And we will not be reading any extra books. <laughs> so we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna make good content, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I will try my best. this week, people on vacation which in my head i have called beach read at least 15 times yes yeah, same um i don't think it helps that i also read another emily henry book last week and she had me weeping <laughs> that bitch um emma i cannot read a book about a breakup or watch a movie about a breakup have you seen the movie someone great but oh yes, with the Jane the Virgin girl. Yes, with Gina yes. Rodriguez. Yes, I so, love that movie. I watched that movie when Blake and I were together, and like sobbed, <laughs> sobbed because like I cannot be at at the time I was in a happy relationship, and like I cannot watch a movie about a happy relationship that ends in a breakup without being like, <gasps> oh my god. What if that happens to me? And I tried to watch it before Sam and I got together because I hadn't cried in a really long time. And I was like, well, maybe I just need to fix that. Um, And it, I did not cry. Like, I didn't care. Wow. But I, I think if I watched it right now, I would be, I would be inconsolable. I think that's true. Yeah. Which I don't know what that says about me. I also am at the point in spring where I'm, like, working so many hours that, like, if I go and stay at Sam's, like, we don't really spend time together. Like, we eat dinner together, and then I fall asleep next to him on the couch, like, (laughs) three minutes after we sit down to watch something. So I'm, like, physically there, but I'm not really there. So it makes me feel like I'm being a terrible girlfriend. I'm really, I'm really fighting the demons (laughs) right now. That's how I have Or, like, every day I'm, like... <laughs> Every day I'm like, are you sure you still love me? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This girl like, is fighting for her life. I'm, I really am fighting for my life. <laughs> but I am looking forward to going to work tomorrow because I'm going to help my grandparents buy their flowers. They're coming in early. And I've like figured out my like summer schedule for work. And it's going to be kind of tough sometimes because of Frisbee, but like, the fact that I, like, have dates on the calendar that I'm going to, like, have weekends off work and be at Frisbee tournaments and, like, being do- doing things that I love, like, makes it feel like the spring is going to end and, like, I'm, like, going to be okay. Yeah. I'm excited for you for that. 
that'll be good. I know that you like like picking out plants for people and stuff and like thinking about their needs. <laughs> so that will be a Emma, fun treat. I was so tired yesterday. I like can't get this out of my mind. One, I fell asleep in the shower last night. <laughs> and two, two, I was out of water when I left for work or I couldn't reach my water bottle. I don't remember what it was, but I was taking my allergy pill and I remember putting it in my mouth, but I don't remember swallowing it. <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> literally, literally, where did it go? Like, I am so tired that I don't, like, and I don't dry swallow pills very much. Like, I usually drink water with them. So, like, it should be memorable to yeah, me should that I, like, dry bells. swallowed a pill. <laughs> I, I, like, as I was driving to work yesterday, I was literally like, should I? Should I be behind the wheel of the motor vehicle? <laughs> Like, I kept being like, you really need to be present right now. Like, I swear to God, if you park at Family Tree and get out and are like, I have no idea what happened on the highway, like, you're going to have to call in sick from your car. Because <laughs> you are, like, too tired to be at work. I visibly rolled my eyes at a customer today. She <gasps> pissed me off so much. Oh, that's me. I like, have a really bad eye-rolling problem. Like, anyone who knows me, like, I just can't help it. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't work I with the public like, anymore because it would be anywho, disastrous. This week, we read People We Meet on Vacation, which is the same author, Emily Henry, who wrote Beach Read. Although, I'm pretty sure that People We Meet on Vacation came out before Beach Read. Like, I thought this was her... I thought this was her first book. Yeah, this was published in 2021. When was Beach Read published? Girl, I don't know. I'm looking it I'm up. Looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2020. Oh, interesting. Girlie is a COVID author. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read the back. Except the Kansas City, Missouri Public Library. Um, I I can't read the little blurb at the top because the sticker's over. Oh, it. I but can I'll, read it. I'll. Oh, okay. Go for it. Two best friends. Ten summer trips. One last chance to fall in love. I also can't read the first sentence. Okay. Poppy and Alex. Alex and Poppy. They have nothing in common. She's a wild child. He wears khakis. She has insatiable <laughs> wanderlust. He prefers to stay home with a book. And somehow, ever since a fateful car share home from college many years ago, they're the very best of friends. For most of the year, they live far apart. She's in New York City, and he's in their small hometown. But every summer for a decade, they have taken one glorious week of vacation together. Until two years ago, when they ruined everything. They haven't spoken since. Poppy has everything she should want, but she's stuck in a rut. When someone asks when she was last truly happy, she knows without a doubt it was on that ill-fated final trip with Alex. And so she decides to convince her best friend to take one more vacation together. Lay everything on the table, make it right. Miraculously, he agrees. Now she has a week to fix everything. If only she can get around the one big truth that has always stood quietly in the middle of their seemingly perfect relationship. What could possibly go wrong? Okay, first thing, I did not even catch that this is like a When Harry Met Sally kind of situation. Okay, I was <laughs> literally just thinking that. That's not... I feel like in the book, it's not really framed that way, but the back blurb is like... Try. I feel like it's trying to capture that. So 
It gets the when Harry the met fables. Sally fans. The car share home. Yeah. That two years ago when they ruined everything except when Harry met Sally. It's like two months ago. Like. Here's my other thing. Lay everything on the table. Make it all right. I don't think that Poppy wants to admit that she's in love with Alex or that she's going to try to do something different than just fix their friendship until like three quarters of the way through the book yeah agreed like this book sells it as like poppy knows what she's doing and poppy does not know what she's doing in this book. no and i i think it's confusing because this book jumps around so much it'll be like four summers ago and then you'll read about their vacation and like i don't even know like Italy or whatever. And then it goes back to this summer and then it goes to a different vacation. So I, I think that kind of like lost me with the, okay. And now this vacation, she has a goal and da, 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 da. Like it kind of takes you on a ride and you're not thinking of, you're really not present in the this summer portion as much. Does that make sense? The this summer portion, I think. I think she waits too long to do the Croatia reveal. Yes, because she was mentioning it all, like, she would sprinkle it in, like, oh, and then there was Croatia. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So Croatia is the vacation, I guess. Do you want to do a two-minute summary? Do you want me to do a two-minute summary? I can't. Maybe we can tag team, because I really don't think that I'm very good at explaining a whole plot succinctly. But I'll start it off. I think we both, we'll both get in the lead, but it'll be okay. (laughs) Okay. So they're two best friends. They met in college. He, like, didn't really like her at first. And she was really hung up on how he wears khakis. She's like, oh, he's so boring. Like, only, only squares wear khakis. And it's like, I don't, khakis are my favorite thing that a boy can wear. So that didn't really relate (laughs) for me. (laughs) Um, But... Stephanie Meyer core, Emma. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, they meet at college, and it turns out that they're from the same hometown, like a Lin- East Linfield in Ohio. Mirac- Indiana. Yes, yes. Same vibe. Um, and So true. <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> but um, I don't even know really how they... I guess the rideshare thing? I don't know. Like, the origin story is kind of, like... Okay. I can it's do the not origin story. like, relevant. I think they, like, kind of gloss over it, and it's kind of, like, sp- like spread around. But, yeah, they, like, share a car together on the yes. way home. And then and they become friends through that. And now they go on trips together every summer. And she moves to New York City. He stays in Indiana. He's a teacher. And they only see each other once a year and there's like crazy sexual tension. But like she'll have a boyfriend sometimes and she's like dating different people. And he met this girl named Sarah in college, right? They know each other from college. He like always had a crush on her and they dated and then they like broke up at one point. And her zinger was like, you're just as boring as the library we met in. (laughs) And so she like calls him boring and breaks up but then they get back together. And so the Poppy, the main character, does not like this girlfriend girl. Um, and I don't like her either, but we can get into that. Yeah. Fuck Sarah Torvald. 
Yeah. So, um, they stopped talking for a while, and then... Okay, actually, help me out with the details on this. What what's the how long has it been since the this summer vacation? Like, how long is their gap? So our present tense is two years. It's a two year gap. So our present tense is we can assume like basically twenty twenty one, but COVID doesn't exist. And they went on a trip two years before that her travel magazine paid for, and we're led to believe this like crazy thing happens. And yes. like I, I was like, "Oh, they fuck." Yeah, same. <laughs> but they don't. They kiss like, the a little bit. That we're waiting for. They like. They like barely kiss with tongue. Like yeah. he like touches her waist a little bit. Dude, I've had friends like, who've done worse, and it's fine. <laughs> I just like if you're gonna if you're gonna like stretch it out like that. I I need the reveal to be like something a little bit more than like they made out a little bit. Yeah, and they cut it off Although so quickly I, too. They do. I also though very famously do not kiss my friends. Yeah, and so I'm like, reformed. <laughs> I'm reformed. <laughs> <laughs> I just like think that this is the kind of miscommunication that like makes sense to me and is like much more heartbreaking than the miscommunication can be in a lot of romance novels. Like there are a lot of romance novels where the miscommunication is people outright lying to each other, but just the like gradual ending of a friendship and relationship because you just like stop speaking to each other because neither of you feels like the other wants to hear from each other. Like, Emily Henry is, like, writing very true to wife characters, I think. But I don't, I don't think we understood enough about their relationship, specifically from Alex's point of view, to, like, understand why this happened the way that it did. I agree with that. I do think that we should have gotten at least a little bit of his POV because it's only from Poppy's point of view. And she's very like stream of consciousness or like anxious ruminating of like going over their friendship relationship and like trying to figure out like, I, I don't know. It's like very anxious, like hamster wheel turning. And I just want to hear his thoughts and if he is having the same anxiety, because he's kind of presented as a very quiet, like, thoughtful man and he's very like kind of stoic and so it's like let me get in that brain and then I can feel like endeared towards towards him as well which I liked him like I really liked him I pictured him as um a Skarsgård brother (laughs) (laughs) so I think my thing with Emily Henry I read a book last week that I literally can't remember the name of, if that tells you how well I'm doing mentally, but it's her new one that just came out. I saw this in the airport. Um, it's the pink place. one. Yes. Happy Place. Yes. Um, and I think, and here's my hot take, because I think it also kind of goes, if we go big picture, media that is for everyone is not women's fiction media that is about women like is women's fiction just the way that movies about women are rom-coms 
Like, there are so many movies that are referred to as a romantic comedy that, like, are kind of, like, seriously about female friendship. But, like, if there is a male relationship involved and there's, like, one joke, it's a rom-com, right? Yeah. Or it's a chick flick. That's the real, like, misnomer is that, like, anything that is for women is a chick flick. And that's kind of how I feel about Emily Henry's books is, like, anything with this little cartoon cover is a rom-com. If we get Alex's point of view and she, like, edits Poppy just a little bit differently, this is serious, like, serious fiction. Yes. Like, this, and I think a lot of Emily Henry's books, all three of the ones I've read, are about growing up and about relationships changing. And, like, if she made some tweaks to the story and had one of the, like, ridiculous, like, covers, like, The Vanishing Half has... This would be considered legitimate fiction, not just, like, for the girls. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You I kind of, I was like, oh, I should recommend this to Blake, because this is, like, (laughs) fun and interesting. But I'm also the kind of person where it's like, I always assume that he's going to like everything that I like. Um, (laughs) So we'll see how it goes over. But I like Um, it. I honestly... To the listeners who don't know, I have an ex-boyfriend <laughs> named Blake, and Emma has a boyfriend named Blake. Yeah. They're not the same person. Oh. <laughs> um, there's Coach Blake, well, and then there's music. my Blake. Do you call him Coach Blake? Yeah. Or is that weird? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He was in my dream oh. last night, and he was like... Which one? Coach Blake? Yes. Or, well, or both boyfriend Blake? both of them oh but he was like i was like asking there were like people in the street in costumes or you're like in our college town um but it was like decidedly not kirksville and there were like people in elaborate costumes and i was like what are they doing and he was like oh you don't know about this and it was like so embarrassing because it was a long-standing tradition that no one had told me about okay you're having dreams like that i keep having dreams where i'm like heavily pregnant Jesus Christ. And, like, Emma, like, six or seven months pregnant. Like, everyone knows I'm pregnant, but, like, we're just not talking about it. Oh, that's, like, an anxiety dream. Also, actually, the the dream I was talking about was a nap dream. I, like, got home from the airport today. I, like, had a red eye to Atlanta and then, like, an hour-long thing to St. Louis, and that's why I'm dead tired today. And, I like, I came home. And took a nap for one hour and then went to work. And I had a dream during that nap. And it part of the dream was inspired by this book. Like, I was thinking about this book. And then I had, like, a people we meet on vacation style, like, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, like, embarrassing to admit, but it was, like, kind of, like, an intimate dream. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Emily Henry. <laughs> I, the craziest dreams I ever had in my life was when I had my first concussion. (laughs) I had, like, the craziest dream. I was at my elementary school playground. It was covered in snakes. And one of them was dressed in an ostrich costume. The snake? With, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With mechanical legs that were, like, walking it around. And, like, my clear, rational, like, no questions asked thought was, like, oh, of course all the snakes are here. Queen Elizabeth kicked them out of England. Oh, my God. You're brilliant. 
<laughs> and the snakes were like all like writhing on top <gasps> of each other like it was like a woven blanket of snakes covering like a square mile Whoa. and i was just like oh yeah that's normal i just learned that S- about the, like there. kicking out the snakes thing that was a trivia question and wait wait did who kicked out the snakes what are you talking about um saint patrick it, but the snakes oh. stand for the protestants oh, yeah. But I'm, like, I'm Protestant. I'm, like, not really Catholic-affiliated. Up until recently, I, like, go to Mass now in St. Louis to do... Oh, that's fun. Yeah, to do something different. And it's, like, it, they have really pretty churches, and I like being in pretty churches instead of, like, the very plain Baptist churches. I just think that that's a better way to that, worship. That, like, look like a bank? Yeah, or just, like, look like the inside of a suburban house. That's what really scares yeah. me. <laughs> it's like the same kind of walls. Emma, we're so off topic. <laughs> yeah, we're like talking about our dreams. Okay, pull it in, pull it in. <laughs> okay, so we we summarized the book. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Okay, so we talked about how the book is more interesting. We get both POVs. My major beef with this book. Besides the fact that the Croatian reveal isn't that good, <laughs> is that this girl, Poppy, is really like, I don't care about school. I don't really want to go to college. And I ask me what university she goes to. What university? She goes to U Chicago. <laughs> One, this woman is deeply fucking in debt because there's no way she got any scholarships. Two, she drops out like halfway through, so she doesn't even get a degree. Like, she's drowning in debt. But this book doesn't address that at all. Like, I'm sorry. No one goes to Chicago on a whim. They do say... No one goes to... She's like, I'm an adult. I have an apartment. And I have a student loan payment. Or something like that. So, they do... Yeah, but, like... Which sucks because she didn't even get anything out of it. one semester at Chicago. (laughs) Which, I feel like you don't go to... 61... Chicago is 61 thousand dollars a year oh my god so she's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt to a school she went to on a whim now i'm googling now i'm googling acceptance yeah i chicago hello everyone it's 15 percent 15 mine says 6.5 2011 is the call. Co- oh, yeah, that's the college admissions. The 6.5. Um, yeah, University of Chicago, 6%. 6%. No one is going there on accident. No one is going there not knowing what they want to do. Every person who goes to U Chicago, even if they feel a little lost while they're there and have like regular college struggles, wanted to go to U Chicago desperately. Yeah. Like this, I'm sorry. Alex and Poppy met at Truman State University. <laughs> Poppy's there kind of on accident, kind of cheap, probably got the like transfer credit, whatever. Alex what knew that being a teacher was smart. Like this book makes so much more sense if they like went to like a teaching college. Yeah, like Truman is. To like a small school. Where you can be like a you can be, like, a random liberal arts major, which would make sense for Poppy. Like, you can just get a degree in liberal arts. And then, like, Alex can be an English major and 
get terrorized by that one lady who runs the MAE program. Oh my god, yeah. And, like, like, that, I'm sorry, everyone, this book makes so much more sense if they go to a school like Truman than you, Chicago. Yeah, and she's a comm major in the book, and I was a comm major, so. <laughs> it just, like, all of it makes, like, the U Chicago thing took me so far out of it because I was like, I'm sorry, this these college years don't make any sense. I'll be honest, it didn't take me out of it that much. I really didn't think about it. So I think my beef is that it's the same thing that happens in like every single high school movie. Like, think about Book Smart. Thinks about think about to all the boys I loved before, where everyone's like, I'm going to Princeton. I'm going oh, to Yale. I'm yeah. going to like. Like, fucking Noah Noah Centineo is playing lacrosse for Stanford. Like, Noah Centineo couldn't find his, like, ass from his head. (laughs) Like. So true. And I love, I love Peter Kavinsky, and I love To All the Boys I Loved Before. That movie's special place in my heart. But, like, every, like, I don't know if it's because authors feel like they need to toss out, like, oh, like, it needs to be a recognizable school. Everyone knows what Indiana University is. Everyone knows what the University of Wisconsin is. Frankly, everyone knows what KU is. Kansas University is a top four basketball school in the United States every single year. Of course, everyone knows what it is who watches basketball, which is like half the fucking United States. Not everyone has to go to U Chicago or UCLA or Stanford or Princeton. Uh, 95% of students in the United States don't go to an Ivy. Yeah. Like... This is stupid. Anywho, sorry, everyone. That really just upsets me. (laughs) I think it's maybe the, like, aspirational part of it. It's, like, you kind of want to look up to these protagonists and, like, imagine them as yourself. And it's, like, oh, like, if it's a self-insert, then it's, like, oh, I went to Chicago and I met this guy. Instead of, like, meeting a guy at Indiana University. It's just not as, like, cool and polished. So that's my argument for Emily Henry, but yeah, it doesn't make sense to just like waltz into U Chicago and be like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna stick around. <laughs> it just doesn't. Okay, that like genuinely is my major beef with this book. <laughs> that's crazy. It's Tucker. like it. <laughs> what? What? Do you have a major beef? My major beef is her whole thing about. Oh, my company pays for my vacation, but it's such a soul suck. And I come back feeling empty. And it's just so much more like down roots whenever I pay for it myself. Cause I read this on vacation. I just paid my way through my own vacation. Oh, um, I would love if a company paid me for vacation, like paid for everything. Oh my God. I think I'm really good at enjoying myself <laughs> and enjoying like the things that come to me. Of course. Like, I do, I just don't think I would feel empty after that. And I do think there is a discussion to be had about, like, there's a photographer that comes on the trip and you have to, like, pose for pictures. And I know I would not like doing that because I don't like the, like, inorganicness of that. And I, I'm just not, like, a pause for the picture kind of person. But I also do think it'd be fun to have, like, professional photos of you, like, in Croatia doing fun things. You know, like I look back at my, like I went to Idaho and Washington this past week and like I look back at the photos and like on the mountains and stuff and it makes me happy. So I don't, I just don't understand that. And that was annoying. Like she kept talking about that, about how it's so 
frustrating and da 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 for the rest and relaxation magazine that she works for that they like are begging to send her to Santorini and all she wants to do is go to Palm Springs. <laughs> so here's what I, I, I will get on my little soapbox a little bit. I have a couple of things here. Um, one, I have a little bit of empathy for the idea of like your job being a soul suck and being a little tired in terms of like, not really knowing where you're going next and, like, what the next goal is. I think that, like, that is something that I experienced at my last job and something I'm experiencing now. And I think that, like, people hear that I left Cerner when they were not making me work at all. Like, I truly worked, like, five hours a week and they don't really understand why. So I understand the misery of trying to figure out why you are somewhere and never being able to find an answer and feeling like you are wasting your time and that sort of thing. And I also think that, like, I think it is a little disingenuous to interpret it as Poppy saying, I don't like these vacations my company is paying for me like these suck because I think really what she's saying is something about this is a little bit soulless and even though I'm getting to see all of these things that I want like I'm not like it took her a minute to figure out that the thing that she loved about vacation was not seeing the new places and getting to see those sites but that she got to meet all these people and form new connections. And I don't know if either of us experience as much like general existential dread about the world as Poppy does. Like you and I, I think it could be said that both of us are pretty anxious, but like Poppy like self-describes the way she feels about her place in the world in a way that I'm like, girl, go to therapy. Yeah. Like Poppy is like, Poppy is like, I have always been so alone in my whole life, except for Alex. Like every time I love going to the airport because we are all doing, going somewhere together. Like I have, like she says basically that she has always been alone and always been lonely enough times in this book that you're like, are you okay? <laughs> That's true. And so, like, like I don't think she's trying to be ungrateful for the vacations. I think she's trying to, the way that all of us kind of are in our 20s, like, figure out what the next right step is and why finding that next right step feels so bad. I agree. And th- we left out a big plot point. So she like works for this magazine and they're wanting to send her on like the big vacation. Oh, we left out the whole plot point. <laughs> we left out the whole premise of the you, entire yeah, book. Yeah, you talking about that reminded me. So Alex, her best friend, protagonist guy, he his brother is getting married in Palm Springs. So she gives the vacation to someone else so she can go to Palm Springs. Like they do have a little like vacation just by themselves. And then the last three days are wedding things. And she's like really close with his family. Yeah. So 
Yeah, but they have like a little only one bed situation, but it's very elaborate. Like it's not straightforward. It's like a whole thing where it's like building up to like, oh my God, like the beds are dwindling. (laughs) There's only going to be one. Yes, there were two beds. So they rent this Airbnb from hell, been there, Mm -hmm. and it has one queen size bed and one pullout chair. And Alex takes the pull-out chair and then throws out his back. So we get a, there's only one bed. Oh, sigh of relief, there's two beds. And then, oh no, we're back to one bed because Alex messed up his bed so bad, back so badly sleeping in the chair. And Poppy can't sleep in it because it'll give her a migraine. Mm-hmm. So she does make us work for it. And they don't sleep together the first night, right? They just, like, wake up snuggling. I think so, yeah. I will say, I have never woken up snuggling. (laughs) But, like, once we're separate, we are, like, fully separate until, like, I wake up enough in the morning to, like, roll over and, like, be ready to snuggle. But, like, we don't really touch in the middle of the night. Like, there's no, there's no leap year. Have you ever seen the movie Leap Year? There's no leap year where Matthew Good wakes up with his, with his hand like, around Amy Adams, where he, like, lifts his fingers off one by one by one. Yeah. Oh! Ah! Mm. I love Leap Year. I love when they stay in that little, that little bed and breakfast. Fuck! Yeah, that's my sister's favorite movie. But I, okay, me and Blake always shared a twin bed. Like, always, always, always in Kirksville. So, I cannot in good faith say that I've never woken up cuddling, but he's not really, like, a cuddly sleeper so i really don't know (laughs) no sam can't really sleep if i'm touching him like even if i just like want to have a hand on his arm but like sometimes in the middle of the night i'm like i'm lonely and then i'll like wake up and like reach over because i'm like i can why would I be by myself if there's two of us here? <laughs> I came home. I whenever I was in Kirksville two weekends ago for alumni weekend, we went to uh, TPs and then Hurricane Haven, and I got beer drunk. <laughs> and I came home, and Blake was there, and I was like convinced that he didn't like me anymore. And so then we're falling asleep, <laughs> and he was like turned. We're, like, talking or whatever, and then he's going to bed, and he turns away from me, and that hurt my feelings, and so I, like, dramatically (laughs) turn away from him, but then the whole room was spinning, so then I, like, flipped onto my back, and he was like, are you okay? And I would have rather died than admit that the room was spinning, so I was like, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) I know that he's on a cuddly sleeper, like, he does that every single night, so... I don't know. But then he, the next night he was drunk and he like did the same thing to me. So it's, it's even. I mean, last night I woke up at 4am having my spring's going to end and I'm going to be okay realization. And I was like, so wide awake that I like went over to snuggle with Sam. And he was like, you seem really awake. And I was like, I have to tell you all of these things. And he literally, I got like halfway through it and he goes, Emily, I have to go back to sleep. And I was like, oh no, he's mad at me. But I think that maybe this spring, this spring is just hard on my spirit and I literally am fine. Yeah. April is the cruelest month. Uh, It's May. 
I know, but it's been April. It's May 2nd. Oh, it has been April. <laughs> yeah. It's barely Well, better. and I'm... I'm on my... I think this will be the fourth Wednesday that I've worked. So I only have to work two more weeks of six days after this before I go back to five days a week. Thank fucking God. That's nice. So... I only have two more weeks of feeling like actual dog shit, and then I'll be fine. Did you see that Nicole? Do you remember Nicole from Frisbee? Okay, after this, let's yeah. get back onto the book. But did you see <laughs> okay. that Nicole visited Family Tree the other day? No, I unfortunately had to re-delete Instagram again. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. But that's the only way that I find out about things happening, and so I like kind of get addicted to stories and stuff, because like, that's my social life. Here's the thing, though. If I miss Lauren Wiggins' engagement... Oh. Because I had to re-delete Instagram because I'm such an addict. Oh my god, I'll scream. I will be screeching. <laughs> so, any hoonst. Um, back to the book. Sorry, everyone. Emma, if, if I cut all of that, Emma and I really just had, like, maybe a good ten minutes talking about whether or not we're snuggly sleepers. <laughs> um. Okay. I, I want to discuss one of the wacker things that happens in this book. <laughs> and why I think it would be so good to understand more about Alex's point of view. Yes, let's get into it. So Alex's, Alex's mother died when he was a child. I think potentially either in childbirth with his youngest sibling, or like she was very sick, like, during her pregnancy. I don't know. All I know is that Alex was the oldest and he really took over for the family. And he finds the idea. Poppy has a pregnancy scare on one of their trips about maybe four years before the, the yeah. like current events of this book. And it's the couple's vacation. She, it's a couple's vacation. They're on a trip with her boyfriend and Sarah, the bitch Torval <laughs> is with Alex and he. Poppy has a pregnancy scare, and Alex, I don't know if we have explained well how close their friendship is. Like, they are, Forehead like, kissing. <laughs> oh, not even, not even, like, physically close. Like, I don't think that most people are known as well by a romantic partner as Alex and Poppy know each other. I would agree with that. I feel like me and Will have a friendship like this though so i think that's why it like didn't really set off any like alarm bells to me but i think with like a with a like man and woman really like typical relationship it is kind of weird but they are like very 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 close and she has a pregnancy scare that she doesn't tell her boyfriend about he does not tell sarah torval about she is like losing her mind and he panics with her because he, like, I think is very, very weird to understand. And I think we would understand way better if we had flipped back and forth between their two points of view. Um, that, like, he is very, very scared of losing, again, the, at this point, most important woman his, in his life to childbirth. And he, without telling his girlfriend, without telling Poppy, gets a vasectomy. 
Like, he doesn't tell anyone. He just gets one. (laughs) I don't think that that's normal. I don't see that as romantic. I see that as a man who has to go to therapy. You don't think that's normal? I, no. No, I I don't. I I, I agree with you. It's like, oh my god. Oh my god, Emma, you scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I was just clarifying. No, I don't think it's normal. I don't think it's romantic. I, like, I, I'm wondering if this came out early enough. Like, were we starting to have the conversation about how we shouldn't just tell men to get vasectomies anymore by 2021? I don't remember. Because, like, because, like, in 20, like, in the, like, late 2010s, the conversation was very much so, like, we're not even going to talk about the fact that, like, it's major surgery and the fact that it isn't always reversible. We're literally just like, well, why don't men just get vasectomies? Because we, like, I think that before, oh, God, we're going to get into abortion. Mm. I think, uh, don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. I think before we lost Roe and bodily autonomy was at least vaguely guaranteed, we were more comfortable with the idea of taking, like, some vague sense of bodily autonomy away away from men by talking about potentially just being, like, men should just get vasectomies. But, like, it is unfair. And I think that that joke went away. Or that serious conversation even went away as soon as women lost bodily autonomy because we were like, well, it is frankly fucked of us to suggest something like that when, like, we are fighting so hard to protect our own. Yeah. And that's that's all I have to say about it. But anyway, maybe this book was written early <laughs> enough that, like, we hadn't started talking about vasectomies as, like, not something we should treat like normal, easy, run-of-the-mill, nothing-burger surgery that, like, does not change a man's life at all. Yeah, I think maybe the appeal of the vasectomy thing is, like, this is a man who is very competent and thoughtful. Like, he didn't waffle. He was like, this is something like this is a precaution that i want to take and he just like silently does it and takes control and so i think that that is the trait that is attractive in the vasectomy but it would freak me out if a man like did a major surgery for me and i like didn't even know about it because that's like life altering but he also she doesn't know about the vasectomy for four years yeah that's insane like I that's almost a little scary of like that I had a we were friends and I had such a profound effect on you that you went and did that. <laughs> it's it's weird and I don't like it especially because like we don't know what Alex is thinking. So for him to be like I waited a decade basically to be able to have sex with you is basically what he says. I I wish that instead of being like, I've waited a decade to touch you in one of the sex scenes, it was more of like, I have like, waited a decade to like, for you to be ready for me to love you. Like, that is so much sweeter. And I think more true to their relationship in the rest of the book. Like, um, I think that the sex in this book was underwhelming, and if she had left it out, it literally would have been fine. 
it did something for me. But there's only one there's only one sex scene in this book, right? And it's not that descriptive. Yeah, but it did the trick for me because we were waiting for so long. What page count or what page number is the sex scene at in this book? Because this is maybe a longer wait than Beatreed even. Okay, okay. Wasn't it after Croatia? No, um, I don't think so. Oh, it's like it's like in the two sixties. And this page, this book is three hundred and sixty pages. Oh, one thing I just flipped through, flipped past a naked Alex. She for this past decade, she's been calling his like vulnerable side naked Alex. Oh, that made me cringe. That's not even clever. Poppy is kind of cringy. Yeah, oh, but I, I like her. I do. That, like, I also think that their like friendship really is very special, and I think that I don't know. I think that it is like special to get to see a side of someone that no one else gets to see. Like, I think that that is like really sweet, but I also think that like. Maybe Emily Henry is, like, capturing what it was like to think in 2012. <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing a person in 2012 would come up with. But I don't think that people would, like, use that descriptor now. I also liked all of the inside jokes that she came up with for them on all their trips. Because that is also what friendship is like. Like, I... You missed the first year that we lived at the Burb. Because you were still in high school. Yeah. But, like, the four of us were unbearable to be around in the way that we, like, started talking like each other. You were in cahoots. We were deeply, deeply <laughs> in cahoots in a really fun way for us. And the same way that, like, these two are in cahoots on vacation, which I think is cute and fun. Yeah. No, I've definitely been there. I think it's it's really a Frisbee thing to, like, get your group freshman or your rookie year and be so unbearably in cahoots obnoxiously so yeah i liked their little like it just seemed she's very good at writing inside jokes that seem like they would be real like i i was like reading and it's like i feel like i would be in on that joke like i would i would make a joke like that emily henry is writing women's fiction yeah I'm such a fan she is of her. She's writing women's I'm fiction. I'm kind of dreading next week because we're not reading an Emily Henry book, and I'm afraid this one's not going to be as good. I'm not going to like it as much because I'm so endeared to her I, now. I, I really liked this book. This next book. Okay. Reading next week. Okay. Well, <laughs> I liked this book, but I have some legitimate qualms um, that we can talk about next week. Uh, so we, I feel like we've kind of already done a little bit of the perfect man. Generally, I think that Alex is, like, steady as a rock, and I appreciate that. I think the vasectomy is weird. (laughs) I think that Emily Henry does a really good job of writing flawed men. And, like, not in the way that men in Hateful Coworker books are flawed, where they're, like, dating their, their direct reports. And also... Like, generally don't know how to communicate. Like, Alex is, like, a pretty stoic dude, but he laughs and he talks and he makes friends and he, like, makes mistakes and tries to correct them. And it's not just, like, 
yes, he's been obsessed with Poppy for 10 years, but he, like, has also been, like, able to act like a normal human and maintain friendship through that. Yeah, and I like that how she wrote him where, like, with him, with her, he's very relaxed and, like, funny and open, but then whenever they're with other people, like, he's kind of more quiet and reserved and, like, just makes faces at her to emote how he's feeling instead of, like, being the same as when they're alone and I feel like that was really real because I have like a a like quiet boyfriend but he's not shy and I feel like and he's like very steady and he's a runner like Alex so I was like I I really know this vibe and I feel like it's authentic <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of Sam core to me as well because like in groups where Sam is really, really comfortable, he is the life of the party and so much fun and, like, really has such a good time. And then, like, when he is with, like, a large group of people that he doesn't really know, like, I'm very willing to, like, throw myself in the mix and make new friends and, like, talk to strangers. And Sam is, like, really game to, like, listen and hang out. And I always am checking in to be like, are you having a good time? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm hanging out with you. I'm having a good time. Which I think is very Alex and Poppy coded. Yeah. Oh my god, Emma and I are just absolutely shoving our relationships into the, <laughs> the Alex and Poppy box <laughs> at just, this moment. I really liked him. I, I really like when a man is kind of like old man coded. And Alex is very like older gentleman. Oh, like he absolutely like bought himself a pair of pajamas because he like thought they looked comfortable, but now he like owns like three <laughs> pairs of matching pajamas because he's just like, Oh, this is I found one I like, so I'm getting a lot of it. Like Yeah. Generally I think Alex is good. Yeah. Like I think that he's good. And I think that the vasectomy thing was well meaning, so I can look past it. But it was weird. It was a it was a weird detail to add because we didn't really know enough about him by only seeing it through Poppy's lens to like be like, oh, that's a normal choice. Yeah, it's kind of like the thing. It's like, oh no, babe, I still think you're hot. It the vasectomy just threw me off a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also think that like. He reacts in, like, a very normal and healthy way to the fact that Poppy has lied to get him on this vacation. But do you think like, it's a big lie? I think that the lie is not that big, but her inability to put into coherent thought why she wanted to spend time with him without saying, essentially, you were an escape from my real life, which is a shitty thing to say. Like... Mm -hmm. Here's the big, big miscommunication in this book. Poppy takes Alex to Palm Springs and lies to him and says that R&R &R is paying for it. She pays for everything. Alex doesn't know about it. And then when he finds out about it at the end of the vacation, after they've admitted they love each other, after they're sleeping together, after they're happy, Poppy essentially says, here, I'll just see if I can find it. It's a really horrible um, moment. It's a really, really, really horrible moment. Um, she says um, that her friend suggested that maybe I just needed a break from life and to let myself figure out what I want. And Alex says, a break from life, his mouth going slack, his eyes dark and stormy. 
It's immediately obvious I've said the wrong thing. This is all coming out so wrong. I have to fix it. I just mean I haven't really been happy since our last trip. So you lied to me so I'd take a trip with you, and then you had sex with me, and you told me you loved me and came to my brother's wedding because you needed a break from your real life. Alex, of course not, I say, reaching for him. Please don't touch me right now, Poppy. I'm trying to think, okay? And she says, think about what? Why are you so upset right now? And he responds with, because I meant it. Like, that is the thing that, like, this miscommunication is, like, very, very real. Where Poppy is like, I'm trying to figure it out and I'm doing my best. And Alex has known for a long time. And he thought that Poppy was finally on the same page with her in terms of, like, love and care and next steps forward and loving each other finally in a romantic way and poppy is basically just like well i knew i had to see you because it was the only thing that was gonna make me happy because my real life doesn't make me happy poppy needs to think before she speaks yeah because that reading that i was like oh she's deeply fucked like i don't know how she's gonna come back from this i so how do you forgive that i dissolve i like have such a strong um suspension of disbelief like i get so immersed in a book i'm like she's never gonna come back from this like this is it (laughs) but she did i mean this is the kind of thing that like when you have a long deep lasting friendship like 10 years of friendship that you do figure out how to communicate about it but like this is the kind of thing that like you remember every time you have an argument Mm mm-hmm like, that is the kind of thing, like, that is the kind of thing you go to couples counseling for. Yeah, the don't touch me thing, that is how I knew it was real. <laughs> well, and, like, the thing is, like, maybe they just communicate really differently. Like, Alex probably doesn't say things unless he has, like, thought about it and knows what he's going to say. Or he, like, won't say anything at all. Whereas Poppy will just, like, vomit it out until it's all out, even if it's coming out wrong. And, like, that is the kind of thing that maybe you need a third party to, like, talk through those different communication styles to figure things out. Whereas, like, I don't know. I just... Yeah. Emily Henry has either been through some (laughs) shit... Or, like, is a couples counselor writing under a, a fake name? Like, she she knows something. Yeah, sometimes it's too real. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so if they, if this is, like, a conflict that needs a third party, like, do you think that they are ultimately compatible? Or do you think that because their communication styles don't necessarily match up, they're, like, I don't, what do you think about it? I don't think that opposite communication styles are, like, technically incompatible. I just think that that means that's something you have to know about yourself and be able to communicate to your partner about it. Like, think about, like, friendship conflict or, like, not conflict, but, like, think about when you would come home because you were really upset about something and you were talking out all the problems and you were like saying it all out loud and you were talking to someone who was constantly trying to find you solutions when really you just needed to vent like that's something that I had to learn in friendship was sometimes your friends are like a sentence that I have had to put into my vocabulary because it 
makes my friends' lives better and my life better is, are you looking for solutions or are you looking to vent? Mm-hmm. And, like, that is because we come from different communication styles where I, like, want to solve things for people. I want to help them with their problems. I'm assuming they're coming to me because they want a solution or ideas or to talk through something and as opposed to just vocalizing something. Like, that's the sort of thing that, like, is a good way to learn different communication styles and probably something that, like, they would have to come, if it was a real relationship, something that they would have to come with, like, come up with a real legitimate solution for in the way that they communicate differently. But I don't think it inherently means that the relationship is, like, flawed and impossible. Yeah, I agree. I think that they know very well how to communicate with each other as friends, but doing so in a relationship as a whole new thing that they are not sure how to do and I think that's what kind of leads to the mess up on her part she's like I just don't know how to talk about this and not like hurt feelings or like say the wrong thing but I think I by the end they're like living in New York together he like moves to New York for her and they're getting along really well so I think that my interpretation of that is like they found their own common language and they figured out how to communicate with each other um, but I do think that there has to be, like, compromise with communication styles. Because I, like, thinking about what you just said with, like, the solutions thing, like, that just doesn't work for me. Like, I am kind of a venter, and I'll ask for solutions if I need it. But, like, don't try to fix it. Like, because I'm more of a, like, if it's fixable, then I will figure it out myself. And so, like, when people try to do that for me, I tell them like that is not helpful to me I prefer help in this way and then there's like an adjustment rather than like working around it but maintaining our same communication styles does that make sense well and that's why I that's why I ask you know Mm -hmm. because sometimes people are looking for solutions and sometimes they're looking to vent and it like is situational dependent even for one person so like that's the sort of thing that, like, you learn about yourself and you learn about your friends the same way that, like, Poppy and Alex are trying to, like, figure it out. I also think, I feel like, okay, how long have we been talking? Okay, I think the last thing I want to say about Alex and I think Poppy also and Emily Henry and something I really appreciate in this book and in her other books is... She treats a relationship like it is precious, and she treats both the characters in it as if they are precious. Like, like, I think that that is very sweet and real to life. Like, you should, you should feel as if your partner is precious to you, to you, and that their feelings are breakable and fragile, and that you do not want to cause them pain or harm and you like should feel upset if that happens you know and in a way that like a lot of romance books do not really ring true because it takes so long to like it takes a while to build that like peace and trust and love for each other and so I think that Emily Henry does a really smart thing by like making people feel Like, there is a reason to invest in the couple in the book. Whereas, like, some of... God, I can't... I wish we hadn't... I I hate hateful co-worker books. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Except the love hypothesis. Love you, the love hypothesis. Like... Is that the one, the Adam Driver one? That is Adam Driver one. I think about the... He took her whole breast into his mouth. 
the thing where you were like, I told people that and everyone was like at their mouths agape, like they were goldfish trying to catch a bubble. <laughs> that 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 really is what happens. <laughs> That's all like, key in my there's head. There's no reason to feel like that relationship is precious. Yes. Like they've given us no reason to feel like these two people should trust each other with their hearts. Not to sound like like a true hopeless romantic, <laughs> but like like I think that like Alex has always treated Poppy as if she's precious and it takes Poppy a minute to figure out that like she has to treat Alex as a romantic partner it, like he is precious in a way that she did not when it, they were just friends. And like that I think is I think that is true to life. I love you Emily Henry. <laughs> She's so smart. Like her emotional IQ is deep. Off the charts. Mm-hmm. Okay, too many hands. <laughs> in 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 the show notes, I have written nothing to write home about. It's like very normal. Yeah. It's hot. There's nothing in it that's like weird that you're kind of like, "Uh, Emily, what?" But like, I don't know, nothing crazy. Yeah, I also. Yeah, I'm wondering if the reason that I'm like feeling very normal and meh about these sex scenes is like because you get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because I've read it before. Oh, that makes sense. Like second time through, you're kind of like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. No, I'm fully blind, like, full suspension of disbelief. Like, I was in the moment. So that's why my one show note is there was one sex scene, but it's really good. Because <laughs> I like just normal stuff. Like, whenever they're doing, like, in Beatry, the very athletic, like, up against a bookshelf thing, I'm like, that's not realistic to be in my life. Like, I check out during that. But whenever it's just normal, <laughs> I don't know. That does it for me. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I also think that, like, I find the idea of, like, like, the thing that is hot about the sex scenes in this book is, like, I don't know if you can count, like, a decade of friendship as, like, delayed gratification. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, like, it is sexy of him to have been waiting so long. Yeah. And to be, like, so excited to touch her. Like, Okay. <laughs> like, pining is hot. Like, we love Pride and Prejudice. We love the Pride and Prejudice movie. At least in this house we do. Mm-hmm. And, like, part of the thing that makes Pride and Prejudice so hot, it's not like they're having sex on screen. They are literally just pining. Like, they are just, like, looking at each other like they, like, want each other so bad. And, like, that is sexy. Yeah. So, like, I think it's okay that Emily Henry just has, like, one good sex scene in these books because, like, all you really want is the pining and then, like, I'm trying to think of a word that is not, like, overtly sexual. Like, I'm really trying not to say the word release right now. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I know! I know! Like, you get all the pining, all the pining, and then you, like, you get... I, Emma, like, I can't think of a single other word. I know, I'm, like, thinking, like, okay, then it climaxes. <laughs> <laughs> then you, like, 
get this like gratification of like they are together this like was not imagined and they like i i worry that in books like this it makes it seem like and maybe this is me being like grew up in a, in a puritanical household <laughs> but like sometimes i think it makes it feel like the sex is not like that like would they have ever actually gotten together if they hadn't had sex and like i don't i don't always love that line of thinking and i don't know if that's because like i have only ever had sex with people that i am in love with and that like i i guess that alex and poppy like trust each other implicit explicitly and like they are the most precious people in each other's lives so like i don't know i don't I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well. I don't... That's the one flaw I see in this genre is I think it's fine if there's sex in these books. I just wonder if it, like... Am I explaining myself well at all? I think I know what you mean. I don't know if I've managed to finish the sentence. (laughs) I don't always love when people get together exclusively by having sex. Like... Yes. I don't I don't love it being the cherry on top or the thing that makes the tower crumble. Like I don't I I don't like it being this there here's the metaphor I want everyone. As I've said, I've worked 61 hours <laughs> this week. I'm really tired. I don't like that it is often the straw that breaks the camel's back and people getting together. Yeah. I don't really love that. Because in this book, it was very straightforward of, like, the apartment from hell is super hot. It's, like, 85 degrees. They're sticking it out for the week, but then they can't take it. It starts raining. They have sex on the patio or on the balcony. And then they go to the brother's wedding, and they're holding hands, and they're, like, officially public. And it's, like, they needed to have sex right then and there for everything to fall into place. And I don't always love that. I think that is maybe the only way in which this book is, like, deeply not true to life. Or at least is not true to life for me. I also think that potentially, like, that is the thing that, like, it's a romance book. Like, as much as I want it to be women's fiction, it's a romance book. And, like, that has to happen. That's how it goes. The straw that breaks the camel's back in a romance book is the fact that they have sex. Yeah, I think I'm not, like, I'm understanding what you're saying, but I'm not quite agreeing because it just worked for me. Like, it was satisfying, the buildup, and then, like, like, because I feel like they've been waiting for that for so many years, and, like, they've both been wanting it. So it made sense in this book, but I need to read more romance books to know if that is always the case because if so then I don't love that but in this book like just singled out I thought it made sense and it was good well I guess here's the thing that like here's a couple of thoughts I'm having one maybe I need to trust that women who read romance books are smarter than I'm giving them credit (laughs) for two like I don't know if I like I don't know if I like that it makes sense in every book Maybe that's the Mm. thing that I am, like, having a qualm with, is, like, do I want it to make sense in every book for 
them to have this buildup of sexual tension and this long-standing friendship, and then they have to, what, consummate <laughs> their lust for each other, <laughs> and then suddenly it solves everything except for, like, one major miscommunication 85% in. Like, I know that there are lots of women who are experiencing the real world and know that that is not how that works, but I worry for the people who are, in the way that Poppy is disappointed by her paid-for vacations, I worry for the people who are unhappy with their fulfilling and happy relationship because of what they read in books. Mm. Like, I worry for the people who are looking for the something more, for their Alex, for their what's-his-butt from last week. Augustus. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, that's the kind of thing that really, that's why I don't read this much romance in a row, is when I read them a couple of months apart, I'm like, this book is so cute and I'm having such a good time. And when I read six in a row, I'm like, oh my god, I just read the same fucking book again. How are women doing this over and over and over again? Like, how is romance the only thing that some women read? Yeah. I have some friends that only read fan fiction, which I do not understand that. So that was me for, like, all of college. Like, I didn't really read in college. I just read fan fiction. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Forget Girl! I said anything. Then. Hater. What? Um. No, nope. I said hater. You you read a lot I don't during know. quarantine. It's nice. You read um. There were some book series that you read all the way through, right? You like ordered all the I don't books. Remember. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that were those were real books. What were they? Uh. Chocolat by I don't know and then Peaches for Monsieur Le Cure These are not sounding um, familiar to me at all <laughs> No I I think I read some other things too You were really reading I don't know I was reading a lot during COVID So don't count that yourself out That was when I finally started picking up books again but Emma, I was also reading a lot of fan fiction during COVID. That's crazy. In college weekends that we did not have frisbee <laughs> tournaments, I would wake up on a Saturday morning at like seven thirty because I have like a physical incapability of sleeping in, and I would just like read fan fiction for like three hours until Bailey was like, "Okay, we have to get out." <laughs> I almost wish I didn't know that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, Emma. I just... I think I've never gotten into, like, a long fan fiction. Like, I'll read it, like, once. But I'm not, like, going back and reading, like, chapter 8 and, like, following along with the story. So I'm just uninformed. I'm ignorant. <laughs> oh, well, in the same way that I try not to read book series that are unfinished, I also really work hard not to read unfinished fanfic. Okay. Like, I don't like to do that. I, That's fair. I'm impatient. However, Emma, we we recorded for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yes. I need you to know if you thought this book was good or if it made you feel good and if you would buy it. Um, I did think this book was good and it made me feel really good. 
um, I was reading it a lot in the airport. And when I finished it, I was like still waiting in line. And I was like, oh, let me read my book really quick. And then I didn't have any more to read. So I think that's telling. Oh, but it did take me a long time to get through it for some reason. Um, So I don't know. Like, it wasn't grueling, but it was just like, I don't, it was like kind of hard for me to focus on uh, for a long for probably like two thirds of the book, but I don't know if that's the book's fault. Anyways, um, but I probably I don't know. I think it might have been the book's fault a little bit with that split timeline. Yeah, because sometimes, like she, I really stand by this. She waited too long for the Croatia reveal. Yes, she waited too long. That was like in the back of like my if... mind. By the time that I we got there, I was like, "Where's the other shoe? When's it gonna drop?" And then the other shoe dropped, and I was like, "That was it." Yeah, agree. Uh, no, I would not buy this book. Two books I did buy recently, though, in Spokane. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I bought American Psycho and Fight Club. <laughs> Emma, I hate you guys. <laughs> one, oh of the, one of them was a gift, and then the other one I buy books. <laughs> one of them was a gift, I swear. But American Psycho was for me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> There's this guy at my work, and he has crazy Patrick Bateman vibes. Like, the first day I met him, I was like, oh, I clocked it. And then I found out that that's his favorite movie, his favorite book. He's read the book no! to his fiance. So, no! <laughs> so I'm kind of, like, intrigued by him. So I'm going to read. I, I think I listened to the audio for a little bit, and it's, like, kind of a intense complex book and i'm like not a good audio book listener so i just need to read it and see what all the fuss is about that makes sense yeah so that's what i'll be reading after love and foreign words which is next week's love and other words (laughs) love and other words Speaking of, our book next week is Love and Other Words. It's by Christina Lauren or Lauren Christina. I don't remember which. They're two friends who write together. They just use both their first names. As the Are author. you joking? No. No way. Yeah. Can you tell whose um, writing style is whose or is it like really a mixture? I didn't really think so, but looking back, it does have a split timeline. So potentially... Um, that also might be why there's really only smut in, like, one timeline of the book, Ooh. and it's a weird one. Ooh. Anyway, spoilies! Um, I'll be the judge. This has been All My Friends Are English Majors. Follow us on Instagram at EnglishMajorsPod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail.com. Thank you to Bailey for running our Instagram. You're saving my life. Thank you to Devin for our theme music. Go Hawks! Um, Emma, thank you for being on this week. Even though we are both so sleepy, <laughs> we're being so brave. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.